All right. So I talked to your wife, Pastor Greg, and and she gave me permission to do this. I asked her a handful of questions. I told her, I said, I think these are going to be pretty easy, but we will see. So you are going to answer according to what you think your wife said to these questions. Just because I don't believe or agree doesn't mean I can't learn from you. Why did you have to bring that up? (laughs) Okay, that one I'm super embarrassed about. (laughs) Do you like me? Do I like you? Yeah. As, a, as an individual or as, yeah, a as a person? Yeah, as a person. No, I like you. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. And I don't have any interest in appearing to be stronger than I am. I ain't bowed to Nebuchadnezzar statue. He gonna leave. You feel me? How do we love people who see the world differently than we do? What would it look like if we truly loved all of our neighbors? Could listening to their stories be the first step? This is Seacoast Church, and there's way more to talk about. Of angels sing in exultation. All right, Pastor Greg, good to see you. Good, good to, to be seen. You. Good yeah. to have you here. Yeah. You, it, is Christmas your favorite time of year? Christmas is fun. I, I enjoy it. I really do. I like the whole vibe of Christmas and uh, I enjoy the it. The music, the lights. Do you have any favorite Christmas memories? Anything that comes to mind? It's, it's interesting. And I'm not sure I was asking Debbie last night because I figured you'd probably ask me this question. And I've got a couple of them, and they have to do with the last Christmas with people. And I don't know whether it was Christmas or Thanksgiving. I really can't remember, but it seems like it was Christmas. And I remember Christmas with my grandfather, just the last one with him in Illinois, and just a lot to that. And, and I remember what I remember as the last one with my mother before she died. Uh, we went to Gulf Shores, Alabama, which we'd never been. You know, I don't know why we were there. It's not a place that we were in a habit of going to. And for whatever reason, we went down there and that was dead Christmas. And, you know, I even remember, you know, eating a meal in a restaurant, which was kind of depressing. But it, there are a lot of good memories because it was a last memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For yeah. sure. How about a how about a Seacoast Christmas Eve memory? Oh my goodness, <laughs> plenty um, of those. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of them. The first one, I don't know why I always remember it. We were in the a building that doesn't exist anymore. It was part of where we're at at Long Point. Uh, we had to tear it down to build something else. But we had a little auditorium that would seat about a hundred and thirty five people, and we never tried anything like this before. I didn't know if anybody would come. Our worship leader Jan. What I remember is walking down the the hallway and to turn into the room. And as we're going in the room, first of all, I don't know if anybody's going to be there or not. And I ask her, hey, do you have a playlist? You know what you're doing? And is there a place where I can kind of say a few words? That's the planning that went into Christmas Eve was in the hallway on the way to the door to turn in. That's true. I remember that. Yeah. And then the other one was when we worshiped at the Masonic Temple, which was just a real hoot uh, here in Mount Pleasant. And that's a, a Omar Shrine Temple. That was my fault, by the way. But And there's a whole story behind that. But I, I remember Christmas Eve there. First of all, it, like a lot of people, I was just shocked by how many people came. And it was raining cats and dogs. I mean, it was a deluge. In fact, we had to put pieces of plywood down at the door so people could 
you know, not go through just a river of mud. Golly. And uh, that one sticks out to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. I actually have, I wanted to share two things with you. So we were at the, as James Island Seacoast Campus, we were at the Terrace Theater for about a decade. And have you ever had someone attend a Christmas Eve service on accident? Probably. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so basically, there was a guy that, that came in and he was before everybody else. And he he bought some wine. Every time we have Christmas Eve services at the terrace, they're showing movies. And so he comes in there with wine. We're like, well, okay. If that's how he wants to enjoy Christmas Eve service. Well, we talked to him afterwards. And bottom line, he came in there for a movie. And then he, he saw that people setting up for music and everything. He's like, no, oh, I'll catch a Christmas it's service. A concert, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then and then another and he brought, one. He brought the community. There you go. Yeah. Another one. This this was unbelievable. The the theaters packed for a Christmas Eve service. And this was when you had to actually walk through our auditorium to get to another auditorium before they had remodeled it. Well, it was a, a, it's a sweet older lady. And we had the lights dim, and she's basically you know, going through that door. Well, all of a sudden, and I'm watching this in real time. And so is an employee at the terrace. She like pulls back the curtain or the whole wall's covered with curtain. And I, Pastor Greg, I have no idea to this day, but she uncovers a fire alarm and she just grabs that alarm and pulls it. Oh like, my goodness. The countdown was probably at 15 seconds. Oh my, <laughs> there you go. So it was a, it was a magical moment to, mm, to start things off. Yeah. Christmas memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love like favorite questions. Like what's your favorite? Like these things are actually pretty interesting for me. What would be some of your lowest hanging fruit as far as Christmas movies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, let, uh, let's roll like this. Let's let's do Christmas movies I've never seen. All right, all right, yeah. And then we'll do ones that I've seen. Gotcha. And, yeah, we're probably going to be shocked here. Yeah. No. Number one, uh, I've never seen Polar Express. I I, I never have either. You know, I've we never. did a uh, dream team meeting this not very long ago, and it was themed around Polar Express, and they had a trivia thing. I, I had no idea. Never did. had no clue. Uh, I've never seen Miracle on 34th Street. And drum roll, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Oh my gosh, Pastor Greg. Never. I, the whole time I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to say It's a Wonderful yeah. Life. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh, why? everybody says that. Why haven't and, you? Well, I don't know. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and every year, for the last two or three years at least, I've I've seen you know little bits of it on, and I say you know I should sit down and watch oh, this, man. but it, never seen it. It's probably great. You, you could you could write like fifteen sermons on it. <laughs> yeah, probably could. But I've never seen it. Uh, movies that I've seen, I don't know about favorite. Charlie Brown Christmas. That's probably my favorite. Is Charlie Brown Christmas? Not a movie, it's, but okay. Yeah, it's kind of a TV special. Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Linus cleans it up at the end. Oh, man. he does. He That's it, good stuff. He brings it to the table. Uh, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Okay. All right, and uh, I saw that one. And Elf. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, th- those are three that I've seen. Christmas Story. Peter Billingsley, no, Red Ryder BB Gun. Don't no, like it. I've never, no, I've never seen any of them. Gotcha. You're just not a Christmas movie buff. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it, it, because of the way my brain works or doesn't, or my brain doesn't work like uh, uh, most people, like I don't remember what's in any of these gotcha. movies. I could watch Elf again and again and again, and uh, I, I don't remember what went on. I, I know that National Lampoon. Uh, they plugged in some lights, and you know it was bizarre. Right, That's right. about all I remember about the movie. 
<laughs> what about some favorite songs? And I, I think I think about this every year. All the best Christmas songs are the spiritual ones, as far as I'm concerned. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I, I love Come it, on. but I love it. It's just not as good. It's not That's as good. true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Oh Holy Night always gets it's to me. It's unreal. Without That's, a doubt. And Seacoast version. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Yeah. As, and I, yeah, I'm probably old school, but I like Christmas carols that sound like Christmas carols. Me too. You know, I, I just, I, I love them. I love them all. Right. Uh, so, so, what you mean by that is like the old school. Uh, let's not jazz them up. Right. Let's make them right. where you can sing them. Yeah. And uh, all, uh, yeah, I shouldn't say that. I mean, because I love our music and I love a lot of the ways they do things, but. I like to be able to sing, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him without a whole lot of stuff going on or Silent Night or whatever. Just old school stuff. Right. Right. Do you have a favorite? Uh, probably, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him. Yeah. 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 So I talked to your wife, Pastor Greg, oh boy. And, and she gave me permission to do this. So I asked her a handful of questions. And I, I'm pretty sure I told her, I said, I think these are going to be pretty easy, but we will see. So basically, you are going to answer according to what you think your wife said oh to these questions. Goodness. So the first question is, would Miss Debbie ever go on a cruise again? Oh, yes. All right. And you want to give the backstory? Just make it. We had a cruise ship that burned down. It burned down. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just let's just end it there. End it there. Yeah. (laughs) It burned down. It burned. And that is not a joke, folks. That is not a joke. It wasn't a joke at the time. (laughs) But yeah, she'd go back. How about Saturday night services? Well, did I get it right or not? She would. Yeah, my bad. She would definitely go on another cruise. So one for one. All right. It's going to get a little trickier here. Your number one problem child. Which one made you lose the most uh, hair or turn gray or maybe even lost some years to your life? Can I have two? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> one would be our lead pastor. Yep. Probably Jenny, though. Boom. Yeah. And that's uh, what you guys. Oh, man. She said probably Jenny and Josh running a close second. So she yeah. had Jenny on top, but she put those two together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny is for her, I mean, it was a real source with, with both of the girls. It was a challenge for her at, at times. In fact, I kind of felt like I, I ran referee, you know, and they are all best friends. Yeah. Just totally. So if you have wayward kids, uh, just wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> All right, walk into a Christmas party and y'all are both talking to each other. And you're like, you know what? We're just gonna have we're just gonna have one dessert. And Miss Debbie sees a red velvet cake, a cheesecake, or her favorite ice cream. Cheesecake, cheesecake. All right, that's your first wrong one. She said that she would have black cherry ice cream. Oh, that's true. Okay. That's true. But cheesecake over red velvet. Well, she would have the ice cream over the cheesecake. Gotcha. Yeah, put it, put it on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You see yeah. what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mariah Carey Christmas music or Frank Sinatra Christmas music? Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. All right. Am I right? Yes, you are. Hey, you're killing it. Well, we've known each other for 50 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> so what movie does she like better, Elf or It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> Probably It's a Wonderful Life. So she has seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she went with Elf on that one. Uh, well, no, I, she may not have seen A Wonderful Life. <laughs> All right, last but not least, who ha- who gets the post-Christmas blues worse, you or her? Me. Yes, sir. That's what she said. All she right. doesn't get the blues. She doesn't get the blues. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I forgot this one. Does she like the week leading up to Christmas or the week after Christmas better? The week after. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. You, you, I mean, you did better than pass. 
I think that was like a 80, something like that. Oh, I didn't do the math. Maybe it's going to last. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I want to give you an opportunity. Pastor us. We had an episode last week that kind of touched on people that are grieving during the holidays. But you know, I even thought about people who are at the end of the year, you kind of reflect on your life. And I, I guarantee you there's people like, man, I never thought I'd be here in, in my particular circumstances right now. Just could have never imagined it, bummed out. but. Give you a little opportunity to pastor people here. Yeah. You know, I did a uh, post uh, this morning when we're recording this, and I started it out with uh, uh, confession. I usually don't start the day out happy. I don't go to bed happy a lot of times, you know, and there's a lot of things that don't make me happy. But the good news is, is that none of them steal my joy. And that's a lifelong process of figuring out what is it that really matters, you know? And there are things that will not make you happy if you lost your job, if you lost a family member, if, you know, you've moved recently, um, you, you lost a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it happens to be. A lot of times it's loss or or sometimes it's like you said, it's seasons and, and sometimes it's a, a, a a season that's the first one after, or a season uh, that has a number around it, like a 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 65, whatever it happens to be, that you reflect and you don't add up in your own mind as to where uh, what would make you happy or where you sure. should, should be. The, here's the good news is you're not alone. Uh, we all go through that, that type thing. It's just a part of natural life. Isn't it weird how that can bring comfort and you don't even know who those yeah. people are, but it just does. I think. I well, mean, oh yeah. The most comforting thing you can hear is that I'm not the only one. Right. I would say you're not the only, not only are you not the only one, you're probably in the majority. Okay. We all deal with life and that type thing. And, and this is one of the great things about the season is obvious that Jesus came, you know, the, the angels announced to the, shepherds uh, that he scared them to death, first of all, but they said, there's good news of great joy, and there's peace on earth. And uh, what that says to me is that regardless of how I feel, there is truth that says I'm a part of a bigger plan, and I matter to God. And Romans 8.28 says that he will work things out for his glory and my good. Feelings are real. They're probably normal, uh, but they're not good at leading. Uh, feelings follow. Joy leads. And I, I, I say I have learned. I am learning because I'm learning every day uh, just to trust God with today tomorrow, the future, my past, uh, because the good news is is that Jesus is here. Uh, Jesus has come and that there is peace on earth and that I can walk in his joy and walk in his peace. And you know what? I do. Awesome. I do. You know, when, when you said... Who's most apt to have the Christmas blues? That's me. Uh, You know, if you're an Enneagram guy, I'm a three, four, which means I'll sell ice to an Eskimo and get depressed about it (laughs) in a creative way. It's just part of life. But you know what? I, I tell pastors, discouragement is the occupational hazard of doing what you do. All that means is just prep for it. And part of that is 
monitoring the story that I'm telling myself. Am I a victim of the circumstances or am I a part of a bigger plan that has a good ending? Well, that sounded like a lot of spiritual guidance and some good just cognitive behavioral therapy. That's what that is. (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas, Pastor Greg. Thank you. you. Love you too. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Sitting here with Lynn Stroy and Josh Walters. That's right. Y'all doing all right? Josh, be honest with everybody. Tell, tell everybody what predicament you're in right now. I'm teaching. I'm on a podcast. I'm supposed to be picking up a kid from school. <laughs> it's exam week. And so for what? when I was in school, you stayed at school till the end of the day, right. no matter what. Now, all my kids are like, hey, I'm done at 1110. I'm done at 940. I'm like, you've been there 30 minutes. <laughs> you stay there till 310 when the bell rings, then we'll pick you up. But there you go. That's not the case. No. Hey, I was wondering, Josh, what you and Katie do for a Christmas budget? That's a great question. I've got four kids, and it's a lot. Yeah. Well, this is top secret, so I'll have to assume that my kids are never going to listen to this podcast, but we are exclusively a Facebook Marketplace family. Nice. And so uh, kids are all at the age where they want electronics, iPhones, gaming systems, iPads, those kind of things. And so I always shop used and just look for stuff that has the box that's in like like new condition. I'll wrap that baby up and it'll appear to have been brand new. Yeah. How have y'all done Santa Claus through the years? So we both grew up, you know, with Santa Claus. And um, so we've just kind of continued that with our kids in terms of... Um, lying, lying to them. <laughs> I, I, I grew up. I grew up in Maine. You didn't actually grow up with Santa Claus because no, he's right. not real. <laughs> Josh still believes everybody. Hey, listen, you better believe too. There won't be any good. No. I lived in Maine growing up, and my dad would like. I mean, they were just over the top. He would take two by fours out into the snow and make sled tracks and boot prints of snow inside the house. And so, you know, I for a long time grew up confident really believing that this is this is legit. So with our kids, we've maintained that that tradition. You know, if they start questioning, is Santa Claus real? I'll kick it down the field as long as I can. What do you think? I don't know. I'd believe if I were you. <laughs> you, you want some gifts, you know? And so, uh, but just have enjoyed maintaining kind of the yeah. imagination of it and having fun with it. So. Yeah. Through the years, and I don't know if we'll have to edit this or not, but I told the kids, I was like, you know, Santa's sick and tired of cookies and milk. That's what he gets every single house. Our house is chips and beer. So (laughs) every time they'd get up in the morning, there was an empty (laughs) bottle of beer and some chips that were gone. Lynn, you and I were talking yesterday, and I had no idea your upbringing. Yeah. The holidays roll around, and I have all of those feelings. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I did not grow up celebrating Christmas, which Josh likes to start staff meetings sometimes with that. (laughs) can tell my story You're the only person I know. You start Uh, staff meetings by saying, hey, Lynn doesn't celebrate Christmas or didn't? Well, you know, if it's that time of year, if we're about to start oh, gotcha. talking about Christmas, I'm like, hey, by the way, it's kind of like a fun fact that once you learn it about Lynn, it, it, like you're saying right now, you're like, this changes everything. I don't know anybody that didn't grow up without Christmas. Yeah, yeah and it makes me feel like 
I know that you don't want this, but I feel bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny because when you grow up, like the church that I grew up in is a Christian church, but we we only celebrated things that were in the Bible. So we celebrated holy days like the Feast of Tabernacles, Day of Atonement, Feast of Trumpets, Days of Unleavened Bread, Passover, but we didn't do Christmas. What about Columbus Day? We did not do Columbus Day. St. Patrick's Day? Day? Nope. Groundhog's we did not Day. do any of those. Oh. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving <laughs> is in the Bible, like the word. So we would, yeah, <laughs> you were right. Um, so we didn't do Christmas, um, and it wasn't weird to me because, you know, growing up, all of our friends were at our church. My parents met in that church, and so their families did the same, both my mom and mm. my dad's side of the family did the same thing, and our church was big. So the headquarters was in Pasadena, California, but there were congregations all over the world. I was used to this like huge group of people that live the exact same way that I did. But there were weird things. Yesterday you asked me like, did I ever feel left out? And I was like, no, I didn't feel left out. But I, I thought about it more. And um, the only time I felt left out was like we weren't allowed to participate in anything Christmas. And so at school, when you had like the Christmas party, like I had to sit outside the cafeteria while the whole grade was like in having mm. the Christmas party. And so that like that, like 30 minutes that you're like sitting by yourself because you can't participate in the things of yeah. Christmas. That was weird. But like my teachers always came out with a bag for me or came yeah. out with something. Would your family have seen that as sin? Like you being in there would just be a sinful I position to be in? I think they would have, yes. And we, our church was very legalistic. Um, and so it was like— You didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> we picked up on that. <laughs> You're like, obviously. Not really? Um, <laughs> so like anything that you were doing, like to the point where like— fr- So we celebrated the Sabbath sundown Friday night to sundown Saturday night. And so I wasn't allowed to do things with people outside of the church on the Sabbath. Like that would have been seen as a sin. Um, and going into high school, my dad originally wasn't going to let me be in marching band because I would have to play at football games on Friday nights, and that would have been seen as sin. So like wow. participating in those things would have been sin. All right, one more question because I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Could you sing, I guess the technical term would be secular kid songs. Could you sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat? Or did we it have to be did. Jesus Loves Me? We did, but not on the Sabbath in my house. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So if I were like playing, no if I were playing my trombone or practicing, I would like have the hymn book and I would be playing like a hymn. Yeah, it was an interesting experience. But that's what you know when you're growing up. So like, and there are a lot of kids around you that don't, you know, and nowadays I think it's, it's more than it was, but even growing up in the Bible belt, like you assume that everybody's doing the same thing, but they're Mm. not, everyone is. So, well, I want to talk about lying, have a different line of thinking. And I'm really curious about what you guys think, you know, since you lie to your kids about Santa, I've lied to my kids, (laughs) but I don't like to think of it as or I don't think of it as lying. Not that I don't like to think of it as lying. You're teasing them? No, it's more like like we just got back from uh, Disney with our two-year-old and did the character visits. And you walk in a room with a six-foot Mickey, and we look at it and know it's like a football mascot. This dude in there. Well, the two-year-old's captivated. Their imagination is running wild. They're so much bigger than I thought they would be. They don't talk. Oh, their hands are so—all this stuff. And it's like you don't want to be like— Hey, that's 
that's a person. They no. just got a fuzzy costume on. It's not really. I mean, Mickey. just for the record, I support your lying. That's that's, <laughs> that's Stephanie. It's not Mickey. She just doesn't talk. You know? So we'll get to that in a second. But right now we have our controller, Nick Johnston, to talk some practical and heart issues centered around all the spending happening during the holidays, which I guess when this episode's released, this is for the last minute shoppers. So Nick Johnston, people have not heard from you yet on the podcast and you're the controller here. Is that what you would call the controller? Controller CFO. Controller CFO. What's CFO mean? Chief, Chief Financial Officer. Chief Financial Officer. So you love numbers and budgets, and you've been here, what, five years? Almost 10. 10? Yeah. Golly. I know. It flies, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah, well, before I got here, I was the uh, I was in Air Force for 25 years doing financial stuff. Yeah. As a controller, commander, worked at the Pentagon in the budget division. Yeah. So lots of financial stuff in my background. Do you enjoy it here? It'd be pretty, I mean, would, would, would you say no on air? <laughs> I, I you know, not. Joey, I just don't really like this job. <laughs> no, I would not say no on here. But I did seek out this job yeah. as something that would be more meaningful than you know what I'd done before. I was looking for something after I retired from the military, more personally fulfilling. Obviously, you run budgets here according to what the higher-ups want money being spent on, and you don't have any control over what kind of money we bring in. But what's one or two things that if goes awry, there's no one to blame but Nick? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, there, there are things that I'm supposed to know that, that nobody else is responsible for, and that's, you know, certain payments we have to make. I need to make sure we've got money set aside for that. If we don't, that's only that's on me, you know, that kind of stuff. Is part of your job also, because I know you do this naturally, but as part of your job looking at the economy and planning accordingly to what could possibly happen and bad times? Especially during the budget time when I'm trying to forecast what we might be facing out there. And then personally, that's a, I think most CFOs would say that's kind of a personal interest of theirs to stay in tune with that. So I, I kind of watch that on YouTube, listen to different financial podcasts. I stay pretty much in touch with it. Yeah. All right. So I did a little bit of research and I was actually surprised. According to what I found on Google, the average amount that consumers expect to spend in the winter holidays of 22 this year is $832, which I thought sounded a bit reasonable. I'd, I'd say it's probably a little more than that, a couple hundred bucks per kid, and then you got other people you got to buy for. But there's been a study uh, done by a Japanese firm that said uh, most people are not happy with the gifts they received. Oh my gosh. So, in fact, they, they cited 75%. That's a lot of, you might, you know, make sure you got a gift for everybody. And a lot of people don't spend a lot of time. They just say, okay, I've got to get this person, this person, this person. Oh, that's something I give them. And they check off their list, but they don't give a lot of thought. I think most people would rather you spend less on them, but do something much more thoughtful, more applicable to their lives so that you actually demonstrate that you know about them and what their likes and dislikes are. Yeah. And how many times have you heard, this person's so hard to buy for, but they're only hard to buy for because you don't know them well enough, really. And I think people would value a gift like that more than something more expensive yeah. that's not exactly related to what they like yeah. and their hobbies. Especially at a certain age, too. With little kids and everything, it's it's probably a little bit different. Yeah, you're kind of making an experience for the kids. So, Nick, how, what would you recommend when it comes to people's household budget coming into Christmas? What would be some of your recommendations? Well, first of all, you 
only you know your financial situation and whether or not you're carrying a lot of consumer debt. You don't want to add to that consumer debt because then you'll have what like they kind of most people term the January blues. Those pretty much ruined your the euphoria you've received for Christmas when you open those bills. So you need to look at that. If you can afford, if you've got money in reserve and you can afford more, you can actually give more. But if you are going to have to do this on a credit card, you need to think about which ones and how much. I think most people would not like knowing that they received a gift from you that you had to put on credit. So you got to think about it from that perspective. You're not just trying to impress them. You've got a life to live and you've got to not put yourself in a, in a worse financial situation to do it. Right. And 75% of people don't even like their gifts. That's right. <laughs> I've talked to a handful of smart people. A lot of them are thinking there's pretty tough times ahead. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a lot of economists out there. I've never seen so many people views on these. I watch a lot of YouTube on economists and Normally, there's a few thousand views, but lately there's been a lot more views on people wanting to know what the big economists are saying. Most of them are saying we're going to have a downturn of some type. A few of them are saying there's going to be a recession. You know, Europe's already in one. But then there's some that are saying we're going to be beyond that, too. So you just, it's hard to say, and we hope it's not, it doesn't get as bad as some of these people are. You know, they take all the different inputs from the economy, everything that's possibly affecting it, kind of forecast what that might happen, what might happen. And some of these guys are forecasting, you know, we could be back in the 70s again. Our inflation certainly is at the 70s level. We could have the stagflation like we had in the 70s. I don't want to, you know, endorse that. I'm just saying that's one of the things that's out there right now. Yeah. Do you think it would be a reasonable thought Let's take a household. They are not in a lot of debt, but they saved $1,400 for Christmas and they're reading the same stuff you're reading. And they say, you know what? Let's spend half of that. And for people who are used to getting something a little bigger, just say, look, we're kind of keeping touch on the economy and and we're just being a little conservative. Like, do you think that's a a jerk move or a responsible one? I think it's a responsible move. Part of the equation you'd also need to know is what are their reserves like? How much do they have in an emergency fund or in savings? And what is their consumer credit like? If they're in good situation with uh, no debt and uh, have a good reserve, then $1,400 is perfectly fine. No reason to back it up. You don't want to be you know, stingy, but you want to be prudent with this kind of thing. So, if they, But if they are in debt, they should probably back it up. Make sure they've got a good reserve and use some of that money to build up the reserve. Yeah. All right. I lied. Uh, Here's a couple more questions because I thought this would be really good since we have you on here. When it comes to what could possibly be around the corner, how is our church being responsible with the money that we're bringing in? Well, you know, we've got a policy that we have a reserve to cover 90 days of all of our expenses. And we've always maintained that, which really helped a lot during the uh, the COVID shutdown. But we've since then built on that. So we are in really good situation for this kind of environment, which of course makes my job easier. When we have to cut back, do you see that generosity is one of the first things to go? Because it seems to be like, I couldn't believe it when things were so up in the air with the economy surrounding COVID. I want to say we got more aggressive with with giving towards certain things from just what I was hearing. Yes, we we were reached out, and I you can get the details more from our missions department. But we were we were made aware of a lot of needs out there from other nonprofits, um, and we were able to meet or help meet some of those needs during the time where a lot of churches, a lot of nonprofits were experiencing setbacks. Uh, so yes, we. We were very fortunate and to be in a situation we could help them weather that storm, weather that time. 
Yeah. If somebody wanted to do some end of the year giving and make sure that it went to more outreach stuff, can they do that? Yes. We have a legacy program and legacy has multiple categories within that. Three of the five lanes we have are for missions, outreach kind of things. And there's a lot of different local missions, national missions, global missions. So there are things you can specify within those too, uh, if you want to do that for any time of the year. But end of year is one of the big times we push for that. Yeah. Well, Nick, you said that you and your family head out to the mountains every Christmas. So when do y'all head out? We head out Christmas Day after we open our gifts. Nice. Nice. Well, have fun. And I appreciate you helping take care of this church, man. Oh, thank you. And so I'm offering simple phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably take about three to five minutes to explain my case. All right, I'm gonna give some examples as well. So first of all, I want to point out there's very few people who truly believe that all lies are bad. Planning a surprise party. Nobody's like, I cannot believe you lied to them and liar. Yeah, you liar. All of us would lie to protect someone's life. Throw the Bible in there. Rahab was actually considered righteous for sending the enemy in the opposite direction. What what I'm not talking about here are the convenient self-preservation, like, oh yeah, I was held up at the bridge where you're actually just running late. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying those sorts of things. But I believe when it comes to people, love is our number one goal. Y'all would agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the question is, can a lie sometimes be more loving than the truth. That's what I would say yes, and I'll give you two examples. One is kind of lighthearted and true, and the other one I I made up to kind of tug at your heart just so I can win this argument. So (laughs) the the first one is my I was living in Seattle at the time. My grandpa passed away, and so I was flying back to Charleston. Well, I forgot how we put this together, but his sister, Aunt Betty, super old lady, she's gone also now, she found out that we were going to be in the same airport like, and she was just so excited. I mean, she's just like, oh my gosh, my my great nephew's going to be there. I mean, it was a big deal. Like, we're <laughs> going to be in the same airport sort of thing. So I see her and she comes up. She's just so happy. And she's like, here you go. I made you a bacon and peanut butter sandwich. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much, Aunt Betty. And she's like, well, are you going to eat it right now? I was like, I'm not really hungry right now. And honestly, I got to walk around a little bit. So I, I didn't walk around. I went, got some burgers and fries, ate you know, to where she couldn't see me. And I come back and I was like, I think I'm going to have the sandwich on the plane. Now, this is where y'all would probably get a little squirmy because I, I took it all the way. So she's in the back of the plane and I'm like, Aunt Betty. And I hold up the sandwich, look back at her smiling, and then I put it down and I just do the motions and I turn around like I'm chewing. <laughs> and so she, she's delighted. And there's nothing in me that would say that was a bad thing to do. If she were to give me that sandwich and I was like, bacon and peanut butter? I'm not eating that. I mean, it... It would have ruined her day. Like, did, did you try it though? No, gosh, no, man. You like bacon, bacon don't you? And I do. You like peanut butter, don't See, you? See, that's her. I guarantee you, that's her philosophy. She's it's like, I like bacon. <laughs> solid reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here is a more serious situation. Let's say you're a your pastor and you're you're visiting someone who is really struggling with anxiety and depression. They're struggling big time. Well, this person that you're visiting also has a very invested interest in you and your family. Like they love you. Well, we'll just say you. Um, well, no, because the example goes a little wonky. I don't want to throw you in that. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's why lying, man. I'm telling you, it's getting increasingly complicated. <laughs> My heartstrings are no longer pulled. <laughs> so bottom line, this person really loves your family and they're going through so much. You're like, they cannot you know, handle anything else. I'm there to support them. I'm there just to offer hope. Well, I'll, I'll throw myself in the mix. Let's pretend like we're heading towards divorce. And let's say this person who is really struggling with depression and anxiety, they just happen to say, hey, by the way, how, how are you and Priscilla doing? Like, I just love y'all so much. I'm not going to say anything along the line. I'm certainly not going to say it looks like we're going to get a divorce. I'm probably not even going to touch on, you know, things just aren't going well because I don't want any extra negativity or, or any bad feelings in their head. I would probably just say, hey, we're fine. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing all right. And I'd go on in the conversation. What do you guys think, though? It really seems like we have, we, we grew, I, I mean, I grew up in children's church and it was just like lying. It's just bad. You never mm-hmm. lie, never lie. And it really does seem like a heart issue. Like there seems to be so many examples of that would be the most loving thing to do. Well, I don't, I don't know, Joey. Even with the, your Aunt Betty example, it's like, why do we think that the lie is the only other option? Like, was the lie the only other option with your aunt? Like, could it have been like, this was so thoughtful of you to bring me a sandwich. I've never had a peanut butter and bacon sandwich before, you know, and that's the end of it. And you go off and you eat your your hamburger and maybe you drop the peanut butter because you eventually threw it away, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you throw it away when you go get your hamburger. You know, and come back, like, why do you have to, like, make a production out of, like, pretending to eat it? Well, because Aunt Betty then says, like, did you like it? Did you like it? And you say, no, I threw it away. Like, if loving her, she made you the sandwich, like, why didn't you just even take one bite of it? Like, if you had taken a bite and it had been disgusting, you know, like, you love her enough to lie to her, but you love her enough not to take a bite. You don't love her enough to take a bite of the sandwich? Like, that's kind of a weird— And I totally, (laughs) totally respect that position, and you you could even be right, but— but what's the harm? Nothing bad came out of that. <clears throat> Nothing bad came out of it. I mean, I just and, think and, unless a... unless it unless it was indeed a sin, then I would agree that that's yeah. bad for my heart, yeah. bad for for me. But I just I see that as nothing bad happened. I think that there. I mean, like there are obviously situations like Rahab. Like she had no choice but right. to say that's protecting someone's here. life. Yeah. Um. But like I think that we like put ourselves in this position where we won't think beyond. Like, is there any other way but the lie? Is there a way to, like, show appreciation and gratitude and love and not lie to them? And so, I like, I heard a, a person say they had gone to a friend's production, theater production, and it was terrible. At the end of it, she came off and asked, like, how she had done, how they'd enjoyed it. It was terrible, and there's no way they were going to tell her it was good, but they were like, we were so excited to see you perform. Like, it was incredible to watch you do what you do, you know? And then later on, when she's, like, asking for genuine feedback, but in that moment, it wouldn't have Mm. been a loving thing to say, oh, it was bad, but it also, like, they didn't have to lie, Right. And so I think that's the thing of like each situation you're thinking, like, what are my options? Let let me put you on the hot seat. So you guys have have brought many human beings into this world. Many. And And let's say Katie's at like eight or nine months Mm -hmm. and she walks to a room. You're like, oh, my God. Gosh, she she is huge, sort of thing. And by the way, the first time Priscilla was pregnant, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're you're so big!" I thought it was something we rejoiced about. Like you're <laughs> pregnant, you're so big. Her whole face just went. 
how dare you say that to me? But anyway, let's say in your mind, you're like, I've never seen Katie this big. And she's like, Josh, I just feel like so big. Is it, am I really looking that big? I almost think Katie would probably prefer you to be like, I mean, you're pregnant, obviously you've put on, but no, it's not that bad. Would would you say it's not that bad? Or would you say, Katie, you look really big. I've, I would say, and I've always said, the only thing better than Katie is a little more Katie. So <laughs> that, that works out well in pregnancy, right? But I think I would, ha- I would have just been much more careful with my words to begin with. I don't right. think any woman hearing, you are so big, is going to be appropriate <laughs> right. or encouraging right. at any point in I, life. I take so. that discipline. But what I'm saying <laughs> is nothing, you didn't say anything. She, she yeah. breaches the conversation. So, Lynn, what about Santa Claus? Josh and I both lied to our kids for a good little while. He's probably still lying to his kids because he's got younger ones than I. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, it's so funny. Growing up, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing that kids <laughs> around me believed in Santa Claus. Because I'm like, first of all, I don't even celebrate Christmas. So, like, like he's not real. My parents never had this discussion with us. But me and David always knew we weren't supposed to, like, tell the other kids that, like, they were believing nonsense. <laughs> Even like thinking about like having a family or having kids, like I've had foster kids at Christmas time and I've done Christmas with them, but I haven't like said this came from Santa. You know, like I did traditions that I knew they were doing in their family, even if it was things that I wouldn't have done. And they would see Santa Claus in movies and like, you know, if we went out, you know, they would see a Santa Claus, but I didn't like on Christmas morning, I wasn't like, these are from Santa. So you're not a judgmental person, but how do you feel about Josh and I make, I mean, just pretty much the, I mean, obviously Jesus first, and I'm sure that's what Josh and Katie as well as Priscilla and I, but Santa Claus is a big deal. There's so much revolving around Santa Claus. Like, does that make you feel uneasy? It doesn't make me feel uneasy. I do think it's weird. Like, I think the whole Santa thing is weird. And it's interesting, when I worked at the law firm, I had a friend who would, like, come up and, like, during the day just stop by and talk. And um, we had started talking about religion one day, and he, like, said, like, you know, how do I I even believe that Jesus is real? He's like, I mean, my parents told me that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny were real. (laughs) And it was, like, the first time I'd ever heard someone put into context other outrageous things, and they, like, related that to Jesus. But I don't know. Like, I don't say anything to people about it, but I do think, like, the whole Santa thing is is weird. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because— we were all taught, you know, if you tell one lie, it's going to lead to another. It's going to lead to another. Well, how does—we don't have a chimney. Oh, well, Santa just can walk through a door. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he can do that, you know, I mean, it just is all one thing sudden, after the other. All of a sudden, Santa stories are sounding <laughs> eerily similar to biblical stories. <laughs> Santa comes through the door. It's locked. He doesn't have to unlock it. He just comes through it. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to bring up one more type of personality, and we're not going to mention any names, but I know that you guys will know people. I know people also. <laughs> And all of our listeners, they they will know people, but those truth tellers, and they have this mentality of, I just say what's on my mind. I just tell the truth. People don't like it. They don't have to like it. Are they missing the point of something? Yes. I would say so. Definitely. What would would you say if someone came up to y'all and said, I'm just a truth teller. That's what I've been telling everybody. Is that okay? Like, is well, it's kind of going back to the to the eight month pregnant wife and you telling her she's big comment. Like, there <laughs> there is a place for like I'm never going to live that down with you. <laughs> there, there is, I'm with surprised me. you lived it down with Priscilla. <laughs> but there's just a a place of uh, wisdom intact with your words that 
you can say something that the words might be accurate, but either the tone or the choice of words is hurtful. And so in terms of our call to be truthful, but to also be kind, like you can do one and not the other for sure. And yeah. so just being slow with your, slow to speak, to think, how are they going to feel about the words that I use? How are they going to feel about the way that I say this? And ensure you're, you're doing your best to do both. Yeah. I even thinking about Jesus, like he could have easily rolled into every situation and, you know, led with this is the problem in your heart and all of these things. But like he didn't, you know, like you even think of the woman at the well, he's like having a conversation with her and the way that he presented the truth to her was loving and generous. And so I think the way that you present truth is loving and generous. And if you're not doing it with love, and love is always about the other person, like what is going to point them to God? What is going to show them His glory? So if you're doing, if you're speaking truth without love, without putting the other person first, then it's it's nothing. Yeah. That is an interesting example, though, because you think about Jesus with the woman at the well, go and get your husband. Was that kind of a lie of omission? Like, was he, he was pretending as if he didn't know, but he knew. Yeah. And so— Go and get your husband. Oh, that's right. You don't. You've had five. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good point for sure. Now, would y'all put the the serious example visiting someone who's really struggling with depression, anxiety, and just saying, "No, we're fine." But would y'all put that in the category of just protecting that person at that at that moment? I don't know that I would put it in that. I think it's acceptable and fine for me. I put that more in a category of boundaries, whether it's because of. Our relationship, like say I don't really know you well, and you're really interested in me, and you ask that question. Well, we're your buds, or you really like this person. Or if I really like the person, but it's not good for them, you know? And so, yeah, I I just, I think there's, um, it's important that I'm fully known by some people for my own health and my heart and my marriage, et cetera. But whether it's because it's not going to be helpful or good for you in terms of how you would carry it or respond to it, or just because... I don't really have a relationship with you and you don't need to know that information. I think we all have, there. there's some latitude there that I wouldn't call that a lie as much as personal information that yeah. is my discretion as to whether I share it with you. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, and then one thing, when I listened to that story of, um, it was actually a podcast where the person was talking about where they went to the theater production and what they chose to say to their friend instead of like the truth in that moment. I think your serious example gives a perfect example of like, we don't really think about how are we going to respond to people outside of lying? Like the, like, I'm fine, I'm good, which is a lie when you're not. But is there another alternative to things that you can say for people that you have boundaries around or that you're not close to? Like, is there another alternative outside of the lie? And I don't think we spend enough time thinking about what kind of language could I use Mm. instead of a lie? Yeah. All right, so we'll close it here. So basically role play. You guys both had a really boring time just now. Didn't like it. Didn't like the conversation. So we're not role playing. <laughs> oh! I just lo- I lobbed that up for her just to smack. So just be honest with you. Yeah. 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 Wow. Ruined my example. <laughs> so you thought this was just horrible. And I say, man, awesome having you two. I hope y'all had as much fun as I did. How do you respond? Man, I could tell you had a lot of fun. You really <laughs> seemed to be in a sweet spot. You were smiling the whole time, laughing at yourself, laughing at us. It's like, this is a, this is a killer job for you, man. <laughs> Lynn? Yeah, it's an honor you inviting us to be part of this and putting our voices out there. This podcast, I know, means a lot of things to a lot of people. Awesome. 
Just don't ask us to do it again. There's a link in the show notes to our podcast Facebook page where we talk about these episodes and share some behind-the-scenes information, including guests we're booking. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.